You're now listening to The Nest on Tap, conversations to encourage parents to make informed choices about healthcare and to embrace parenting as a tool to change the world, one diaper at a time. Here's your host, Katie Demota. Welcome and thank you for joining us at The Nest on Tap. I am Katie Demota, your host, and I'm joined today by Ashley Newton. We're welcoming her once again to talk to us about creating family rituals. This time we're talking about creating rituals to celebrate the summer solstice. Ashley is a somatic movement therapist, a parenting coach, and a ceremonialist. We're so delighted to have you back, Ashley. Thanks so much for returning to the Nest on Tap. Yeah, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I really love talking about making altars and celebrating the season. So I'm happy to have a a place to do it. And I know um, some people actually had reached out after the last one that we did saying, I hope you do another one. So oh, perfect. here we are. We we didn't catch the spring, but we did catch summer. So yes, we're getting into practice. We're getting into the flow of this seasonal chat. Um, Yeah. And summer solstice is such a beautiful time to celebrate. So I'm really excited to chat with you today and learn more about how families can also dive in, especially younger families who are just learning um, the importance of, of recognizing seasons with little kids and how important I think it can be as a tool for learning, you know, why, why are things changing? They don't necessarily know yet, you know, why is it getting hotter that that's the expectation in the summer? And why are, why is the sun up when, when I'm supposed to go to bed, right? It's always a little confusing. So the beauty of this celebration is so important. So thank you for bringing it to our attention. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I think kids are so naturally curious about the natural world and these little concrete altar creations and celebrations of the turning of the season was really my entry point into ritual with kids. And um, I really found that they just love it. They, they love feeling like we're doing something for a reason. I think um, culturally, sometimes that's lacking. Like we don't really, there's not this bigger holding. We're just like, oh, we do this and we do this and da, 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 da for our celebrations, but it's not connected to something bigger. So I think that, you know, adults and kids alike um, can find some relief or some soothing of like, oh, this is what's happening. This is where we are in the sun with the sun and the moon or in our seasonal rhythm. Um, And for me personally, like tracking the seasons and really attuning to the energetic qualities of the seasons has helped me be healthier and happier. So, yeah. Great reminders of, yes. uh, Moving to Nevada County taught me that personally. I didn't live, I always lived on the coast where everything was sort of the same all year long and being somewhere where seasons are more noticeable. I think it also shifts the way our body responds. I noticed a hibernation in myself in the winter and I laughed because a local friend maybe five years in was like, you are trying to work hard during a season of hibernation. And it was a really big aha for me. Like, Oh, that's, what's wrong with me. I'm trying to work against nature and recognizing yes. that 
can really support our bodies, our health, maybe even our work, and certainly children. So I think it's great that we can bring our attention. No one talked to me about solstices when I was a child, right? No one even explained why the sun was out longer, right? <laughs> Just happened. right. <laughs> right. Yes. For me either. It wasn't really a part of my childhood. Right. So but yeah, I really love that, um, that point you're bringing of like, if we can align our rhythms with the rhythms of the earth, I think we can actually have more health, more success, like more capacity mm-hmm. because we're doing what's in deeper alignment. Mm-hmm. Why not make it easier on ourselves? Right. And also just, yeah, just the culture of like, you know, things happen in rhythm. Like sometimes it's times to be busy and active, which is, you know, the summer has the most of that quality Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's time to rest and raising children who are connected to that and who can grow beyond the culture of like, it's always time to be busy. It's always time to be active and produce, produce, produce. Um, it's like, we're, we're all very eager to transform and heal that and, um, celebrating the seasons is one really great way to do it. Yes, I agree. I think this is exciting. We're raising, hopefully raising a little bit of awareness in this younger generation of connectedness in their bodies. This is lovely. I'm so excited for what you're going to share. Yeah. Yay. Um, so The summer is, like I was saying, first I'll just talk about a little bit about the energetics and um, the landscape. I guess it really depends on where you are, but I'll talk a little bit about the landscapes in California um, so that that can give us an idea of the themes we're working with. So whenever I'm creating an altar, I always start with like, okay, what's the big picture here? because there's so many options. There's not really a right way to create a summer altar or any kind of altar um, from my perspective anyway. Um, So I like to start there and then be like, okay, so what connects to that theme? So I'll just kind of walk everyone through that process for the summer and then give the more practical ideas for the altar and the celebration. Great. Yes. Um, Helpful. Great. I think I'd have a little bit of nervousness if I was doing it right. I mean, I've made many altars over the years and I'm always like, is this how you do it? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So right. meditation of there's no right way, there's no perfection and just really kind of feeling into the focus. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if there's like a specific lineage that you end up getting really drawn to that does no, every time you make an altar, you put this in the east and that in the north. It's like, great, do it that way when you're learning that kind of altar building. But like That's here, right. what, what we're doing is not that. It's just, you know, beginning to bring the sense of ritual and life is sacred and let's do something together to honor this. It just got chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So summer is... It's really interesting. The Western, the Western calendar and the earth-based calendars are sometimes different. So in our culture, the solstice, which is around June 21st, marks the beginning of summer. Mm-hmm. 
So most people would say, you know, what's the quality of summer, right? Like heat, heat right. Heat, activity, like vacations. Mm-hmm. Play. Um, it's a time where you like go adventure. Outward energy. Outward energy, exactly. So we have the most light mm-hmm. um, of the year, this time of year. And the interesting thing is that on the Western calendar, summer starts at solstice. Mm -hmm. And if you actually track like the cycles of light, Mm -hmm. you find that at solstice is actually the beginning of the decrease of the light. Right. So solstice is the actual peak. It's the longest day of light. It's the day that we have the most light available to us. And, you know, light in Chinese medicine, it's connected to yang. It's connected to energy, to drive, to potency, to like the burst of creation. And so solstice, and you could say like, there's a six week period on the Chinese medicine calendar that surrounds it. You have three weeks before and three weeks after, and that's like the real peak of this season. So right as we're talking, we are in the peak of the summer energy. Fascinating. And in our minds, we haven't even started summer yet. And in our minds, we haven't started summer yet. So this is part, if you, if you ask me, this is part of kind of an underlying misperception mm-hmm. that we have in the West about seasons that actually impacts our health. So... Yeah. So ideally, and on the earth-based calendars, summer actually starts in May. So, so May is like, you know, we have spring equinox, which in, in the West is the beginning of spring, which is actually the peak of spring. Ah, so we're just misaligned the whole year. We're misaligned the whole year. The entire year is shifted off of like the actual center. So when we start spring, we're actually at the peak of spring energy, and then it starts to decline for about three weeks, and then summer starts to build. Mm -hmm. So the energy of summer is building like potently all the way through May and into June, and then it peaks, and then it starts to decline Mm -hmm. for another six weeks, and then fall starts to build. So the energy of fall starts to build and then it peaks again at fall equinox. Right. That makes so much more sense, Ashley. I know it makes, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. Um, Bronwyn Isla, who we can put her link in is the person that I learned this from who, what I, when I learned this about four years ago, I was like, my mind was just blown. I was like, oh my gosh, what? This makes so much sense. And so since then, I've really been tracking the seasons this way and aligning my activity and my altars with this understanding. So from that perspective, um, we have solstice as the peak of the lively, yang, energetic, outward, like action time. And... Ideally, in the winter, we've hibernated and rested and cultivated a sense of purpose and dream. And then in the spring, we come out with more purposeful activity. And we're like, this is, 
I'm ready. I'm like birthing this thing. And it's kind of the birth. And then summer is the time where we're like in action to create the things, to make new connections, build new relationships. And then at the end of summer, we come back into a place of like, whoo, now we're going to let things go. We're going to recalibrate. We're going to rest again. I love that. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to change my whole outlook now. On Yay. <laughs> this aligns much better with how I feel in my body. Yes. Spring feels that way to me. And everyone's like, no, we're still in spring. I'm like, but this feels so warm. It feels so much more like summer to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I you can feel, I feel it too. Like in February, you start to feel this like, Ooh, it's happening, you know, like let's start getting things moving. And, um, so I, if we're really tracking that by this time, we've already been in action. We've already been like moving our projects forward, like having our big visions, like making new relationships. And now's the time to kind of celebrate all of that and even slowly, slowly begin completion. So as the the light peaks we have the very you know we have the tip and then slowly the darkness comes back in and we have the beginning of that feminine um yin energy that slowly becomes more available to us so you're gonna have the to like winter better i am huh? big, you're gonna help me like winter this a little bit more i am a big spring summer person and i get very sad in the winter so your explanations are helping me i need to make friends with winter so this is really helpful yeah making friends with winter is really really helpful it helps the spring and summer actually be more um nourishing and clear because the fall and winter, we get to really deeply recalibrate. Mm -hmm. And the way, the, the reason why the, like, the time shift is so important is because what happens culturally is we're at, you know, people are like summer and it's true. It's like really big summer energetics right now, but then people keep it going all the way. So we're like already at the peak, but people are just gonna start with their summer energy right now. Cause we're like summer starting and then that means july and august and all the way until september that we don't think fall stops starts until mid-september right but really on the earth-based calendars fall has already been happening for six weeks so so by august which is one of those other midpoint between the the equinox and solstice is a transition point where it's like, okay, now we're downshifting. Like we're already starting the downshift into winter in August. Oh, wow. I'm going to need a memo. Or into fall. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, heads up. Fall is arriving. Slow down. Slow down. Because it's the overburning, which we see of the yang of the summer energy I mean, we see it just, it just never ends in Western. People are like burning both ends all the way through December, right. you know. Right, because isn't that what you do? Right. Isn't that what we have to do to be productive? Um, right. I love the new, you know, current redefinition or bringing back rest. It's been such a great reminder for people like 
myself and others who do get caught up in productivity and, and you know, go, go, go. And this resurgence of rest has been really so helpful. Yeah. Whole winter comes in and remembering and slowing down. I, you know, I'm in my forties and having been on this culture this long and really having to relearn everything. Oh, well, I don't have to do that. Right. A huge learning endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. So thank yeah, you for think- little ones that we don't have to do. And the beauty of rest and all the recognizing of these seasons as ways we can be inspired or encouraged to respond in our body. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So right now we're supposed to be focusing on outward, on energy, on play, on light. Right. On adventure. And and at the same time, like always on my summer solstice altar, I'll put just like a little bit of things that represent the darkness and the yin because we want to welcome her her back. We want to welcome the darkness back in. Um, not to like flood in and be like, oh, now it's time to rest. No, it's still summer. It's still time to like be active and work on our things we're really passionate about and stay focused and clear. Um, and we honor that like, you know, it's coming back. Right. Um, and, you know, if you, the thing is, is like, if you're not tracking up to the full season and then you get to summer solstice and I'm saying, wait, welcome back the darkness. And you're like, wait, what? I'm just started celebrating summer um it feels kind of abrupt but once you once you catch yourself up Mm -hmm. recalibrate right once you recalibrate the timing you're like oh yeah okay we're we're getting a a little bit darker every day but it's only a little bit you know it's not like we've got to dive into the darkness right now okay i'm gonna hold on to that part (laughs) yeah just very slowly it's very slowly the darkness is coming back you know if you look at the um, the timing, it's just like a couple minutes every day, right? Like it goes down. Right, just to juxtapose that against what you and I talked about in December, right? About welcoming back the sun at the right. sol- winter solstice. So this is sort of the mirror of that, which is to welcome back in the dark in the summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So usually on the, I'll transition to talking about the altar now. Mm-hmm. So definitely something that honors the sun mm-hmm. because the sun and also the energy of father, right? We have father's day. Somehow our culture managed to <laughs> keep the timing intact <laughs> that the, the energy of the sun and father's day, they're right by each other. We have the summer solstice and father's day is just a couple weeks okay. and often father is associated with the sun. So, you know, we have the celebration of life and father of energy So images of sun, of light, of fathers, um, and, you know, things like getting stuff done is also a quality of that yang thing. So like um, things that we've been very proud that we've built or focused on, you know, like if we have a project or a, a business, let's say that we've been focusing on, we can put the little business card on the altar of like, this is the thing that I'm building, you know? Or if your kids have things that they've really 
focused on or maybe in school, like if they worked really hard to do reading or if they successfully did this new kind of math or whatever it is, then you could put something that represents all of their hard focused work on the altar. Like graduation, that's another big milestone right now. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that, like in some ways the timing is kind of aligned because this, like I was saying, it is a time of the beginnings of completion mm-hmm. where, you know, you put all this energy in in the spring and now it's time to start letting it go and be like, wow, I did that. And to celebrate it, you know, of like, yes, I focused, I did this thing. And um, this beginning of the let go, which is part of the the medicine of the yin, of the feminine, this beginning of like, oh, I I breathe it out now, you know, I worked really hard and maybe there's still some of that happening, but I can begin to um, let go of the need to work, work, work all of the time and make space for play, Mm -hmm. uh, make space for vacation, make space for um, the relaxation to happen. Is there an element of manifestation in this altar when you're thinking about playing or something? Can you put a picture of a place you really want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, and I also think of that in times in like the winter, in the spring too, where you're like, oh, what's coming, you know, like seeds and things like that. But I think totally feeling like, I think any of the season transitions, like what is something I want to bring in in this next phase? I know I have to have that reminder of that almost a manifestation, you know, otherwise I forget. So having some kind of symbol on that altar, like don't forget to go to the ocean. That's, that's the thing I have to remember this year. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't take myself to the ocean last year, first time in 46 years. And so this year I'm doing wow. it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Thinking of this altar and thinking of, okay, putting a little piece of the ocean there, be it a shell or another visual for the reminder of some of the places to go. Yeah. Beautiful. What are some other visuals you can think of that people, you know, not everyone's done this before. So other thoughts for what, what might it look like? Yeah. Well, you know, you can make altars either outside or inside. Mm -hmm. So If you're going to do one outside, sometimes I like to just like clear, you know, clear the debris. If there's like dirt or leaves or something, you can just kind of clear a circle or make a space. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll even put cloth on the ground, like beautiful scarves and things like that, if I want it to kind of be off the ground. Um, And then because we're celebrating the light and the sun and the father we could also have candles or actual fire depending on where you live um you know traditionally like a lot of in like the celtics and um in europe and ireland the summer solstice ceremony was often a big bonfire um and even some of the like in starhawk's book which i mentioned last time which is one of my go-to resources for creating these seasonal altars. Um, She talks about um, creating really like, which I wonder if this is where they got their idea, like a burning man, like creating a 
a stick or a figure of a man out of sticks and then putting the things that you're ready to let go of into the thing and like lighting it on fire. Um, yeah, so this is often a, a fire ceremony. I know depending on where you live and even like our burn seasons are just getting shorter and shorter in California right now. So it might not be a burn day that day. I'm not really sure, but um, maybe if, go to the coast uh, if you can find yeah. a Yeah, like a bonfire on the beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always a favorite pastime for those yeah. on the coast. <laughs> and if, even if you're not, but yeah. What's interesting is we did that in the winter too, right? We talked about having welcoming the light with the fire, with the candle, with the bonfire. So it's interesting again to see some similarities. Right. Yeah. And in, in the winter too, I feel like I like to integrate a little more water as well because there's so much water present in that time. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's also could be just part of like, we just love the light, you know, like, but to remember that this is like this transition towards the darkness. So finding things to welcome the darkness back, like, um, like dark pieces of silk or dark pieces of jewelry or um, stones that are really, you know, like a deep, you know, deep black or deep purple stones or things like that. And we can kind of speckle them around the altar to just remember like, oh yeah, little bits of the dark of the yin of the mother are going to come back to help ground us um, again, keep us from just spiraling out into the endless yang activity. Um, so honoring, honoring that by putting little specks of darkness kind of around the altar. Okay. And I will add that to mine. I didn't even think of, I'm always ready to welcome the sun and the light back. And I have to, I think I'll need to be very conscious about welcoming the dark back in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good practice. Mm -hmm. um, with the winner, I'm going to work on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing for altars this time of year is just, there's so much beautiful flat, like flowers and fruit. Like we have, the really exciting like berries and the beginnings of the peaches and the you know like all of these wonderful abundant fruits and flowers so this is a really good time of year to make an alt like you know an edible altar that can you know mandala with flower petals you can break apart the flowers and really just carefully um, create lines or waves or a design you could even create an image of a sun or stars with the petals. Mm -hmm. um, and the yeah, I love that. And just to kind of throw, I know we did this, we talked about this um, with the winter solstice celebration, but also just another reminder for those folks who are in gatherings with us weekly that we talk about, we talk about the nature table. So just to kind of remind us that that with little kids, you know, when you're taking walks with two-year-olds, let's just say, and even older kids, but thinking about what we see, bringing that home with us, the altar is another link, another word or phrase we use at the nest when we're talking is the nature table, right? And the nature tables get so full after a season and we go, wow, look at our treasure. It's really yeah. grown. And this shift in the season being an opportunity to clear off our nature table, give back to nature and start anew with all of these 
current treasures that we see. So I love this idea of bringing in the flowers and making pictures. It's beautiful. Yes, I love that idea. And it's a really good, at all of the seasonal shifts are really great times to clear altars and, you know, any other altars that you have around the house too, like even just cleaning them, clearing them, be like, does this really need to stay right now in this time of year? Or should I put it away? Or should I offer it back to the land? Um, but even with the children too, especially if you do have a little nature table mm -hmm. that you're working with, with them, it's such a concrete thing to be like, oh, we're clearing the table because it's solstice and now it's a new season um, or now there's a shift happening. And so we clear it so they can actually see like, oh, something's changing in the house as well. Right. So powerful to me. And, you know, season is something I can see. Christmas and, you know, other holidays feel so I don't know, sort of obviously it's made up, right? And so for them, it's magical, it's beautiful and all that, but it's sort of, I'm not sure the language I'm thinking of, but it's out of context. It's not necessarily something they see. And with this celebration, I, I love that it's something they can see in nature, they can see around them and it's beautiful just to kind of almost define it for them. You're not imagining that there's more sun, there really is, and we can celebrate right. and mark it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Rituals and holidays they can see and notice. Yes, exactly. And then over time too, one of the beautiful things about a ritual or a seasonal thing is that it begins to make kind of rhythms that are bigger than us. We're like, oh yeah, in summertime we do this kind of thing. And mm -hmm. oh yeah, it's this time of year because we're doing this thing together again. And That's there's like this... Um, sweet feeling of like n orienting to our lives in the time because we know that like it feels like this and it smells like this and we create something that looks like this and um, there's comfort in that there's comfort in that. in that and a lot of really sweet learning my yeah. son will say we'll be talking about he'll, that's how he defines the months for himself okay well what do we do that time of year and then he uh -huh. can it's very interesting to see a mind work that way right more based on what you're saying this feeling I have during those oh it's hot during those times right and love to see that learning come together yeah oh, they're they're listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it all makes a difference all these little things that we do as parents to create ritual and to create experiences and memories actually do stick they really do yeah and even if you know like sometimes we have this idea that like ceremony or building an altar she it, it is a sacred thing and that doesn't necessarily mean though that a child is gonna be like quiet the whole time or like a feeling of reverence you know like a like a, a feeling or a tone of reverence or awe or something like mm -hmm. sometimes they're just they feel very simple and it's just like a fun thing that you're doing and then sometimes or depending on also how you hold the space too like you can create more of that tone if that's what you want mm -hmm. um but just because children aren't like in that sort of more serious like oh we're doing something you know doesn't mean that they're not learning from it oh um, no, absolutely I love yeah. to hear you know 
working with kids for this long, you it's hard to remember that they learn through such a different way than we do as adults, right? They'll, they, they, it's almost, and you know, if you're into Waldorf, I'm sure this is no, nothing new, but it's almost like when they're listening, they need to move their body. And when they're moving their bodies, they're integrating that information into their brain. And I remember, you know, asking a child who was clearly in my mind, not paying attention and not focused, that child turned around and repeated everything that was said in the last 10 minutes. And I thought, wow. So it's a great mm. reminder to me as an adult that children pay attention and listen in very different ways than we do. Yeah. It's all being absolutely. so <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for ceremonial spaces, if we're wanting to bring in like a little more feeling of like something special is happening, like we're doing a ceremony, there is really simple things that we can do to like bring that feeling like for example even just lighting a candle like at the beginning of the ceremony where you build the altar together you sit around a candle and then you light it and you say okay like now we're gonna create this altar and so we're lighting the candle and when it's all over you blow it out um or like drumming on a drum or ringing a bell like things that are like okay we're beginning something and like oh we're ending to like open and close the the ritual space together and kids usually love those things like ring a special bell or play a drum or candle you know they're like oh something cool and special is happening and I think that's part of the beauty too absolutely and things they can do oh I can do that I can right Right. I'll play the drum. Yeah. They love, I just think participation is so exciting for them and it's powerful, right? Oh, I am participating. I'm not witnessing necessarily. I'm not out of the circle. I'm invited in and I'm participating and that my role is important. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even also like on the flip side, just seeing parents, like seeing their parents and caregivers do something like make an altar. Mm -hmm where it's like they're watching their parents do something that's not just like a day-to-day like oh I'm cleaning the thing I'm I gotta go on the computer I gotta but they're seeing their parents like create something that's beautiful for the sake of just honoring life and creating beauty and enjoying connection time Mm -hmm. um so just for them to get that imprint of like oh yeah like also my parents are just doing things because they feel good and it's because it's beautiful and because we're together um so that they just seeing that imprint of like I'm seeing them do something on purpose and to honor life I think it's it's there's like deep imprints that can come in when they see their own parents like honoring life and being in ritual in that way Absolutely. It's such an important piece to pass down, I think. Yeah. What are other ways beyond altars that we can do to celebrate solstice? This is where it gets fun and exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, So there's some, I always like to think of like treats and food, like what kind of food things can you make to honor the solstice? Um, So things that look like suns, like um, one from that comes from Starhawk is taking little um, tangerines. I still haven't done this, but I'm going to do it next week with some of the um, 
nature school kids is um, taking tangerines or oranges and um, sun drying them, mm-hmm. like breaking them apart and then drying them in the sun. And then they kind of heat up, especially if it's a warm day yeah. and they'll turn kind of like a gooey, like kind of chewy texture. Okay. And then you can make little sun, you can make little shapes or suns or something with them before you eat them. So like do a little art project or altar with them. Who doesn't like to play with their food? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in thinking about the sunshine and darkness, you can do, um, if you're into cupcakes sort of thing, you could do like a yellow cupcake. That's like the sun with little bits of chocolate chips, like little bits of dark, like, oh, and this is the little bits of darkness that are coming back. Um, or you can do roll out like cookies where that are shaped like suns and you can roll them and print them. Mm. Um, Love those idea and raisins, I suppose, if you can't do chocolate. Totally, yeah, raisins. Good one. Yeah. What about, we always brought in pomegranate seeds. I don't know where that comes from. Really, in the summer? Yeah, like this first, because pomegranates, well, I guess they are ripe closer to fall, right? But they are a summer. Yeah. They're already blooming right now, right? The red flowers are blooming. They're starting to flower, yeah. And I just remember, maybe it was later in the season that we did pomegranate seeds, but they were so bright and so colorful on the plate. Yeah, pomegranates are so beautiful. Yeah, I tend to think of them later because they're not really ripe until- That's true. Like, November or something yeah, yeah. here. I mean, you can maybe get them it was in the from other places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, you know, like the pomegranate is a little, like, you know, digression to the fall, but the pomegranate is a really big part of the story of Persephone, you know, like often like her going into the underworld and finding the fruit of the darkness. Okay. So, which lines up a little more with what's happening later because okay. it's, yeah when we talk next time <laughs> yeah maybe we just got ahead of ourselves with all the beautiful red yeah yeah I mean good like colors of right now are red and orange and the yellows yeah maybe strawberries are better summer yeah strawberries are great mm-hmm. or even like dressing you know dressing in those bright colors like if you want to like all wear special clothes to make the altar like we're dressing up because we're having a little gathering or a little solstice you could dress in like oranges and yellows and reds and just kind of like the bright external absolutely I love that and who doesn't like to dress up right or face painting is always like a really fun activity for kids like okay we're gonna paint our faces and you can you know paint faces or do clothing themes of things that are ripe like berries or rainbows or um, flowers. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's always like singing and I wish I had a better resource for some really good like based seasonal songs. Like I haven't found one solid resource. Like there's songs I know, I know we, we did one last time. I don't really have a go-to summer solstice song. I don't um, like, I only have winter. There must be- Good winter songs, yeah. There must be a book 
it's got to be out there. Maybe we'll do a little research. And if I find one, I'll attach it to the show notes. But um, yeah, there's such lovely collections of winter solstice songs. We'll have to seek out some summer solstice songs. Yeah. And we miss the spring. There's some good, you know, May songs. So there is some really good spring songs too. But for some reason, I'm kind of blanking on summer songs. You can always make them up, you know. Right. You're, yeah. If you're comfortable with that or feel inspired to that, you can just wing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kids like to make things up too. So ask yeah. them what should be in their song. Sometimes right. a melody that you already know and just changing the words. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other additions to celebrating the solstice you want to share with families? Um, I guess the last thing I'm thinking is just really, um, and I know, you know, we're, we're still kind of in COVID times, but in, in whatever way feels comfortable, you know, coming together with people, maybe outside um, and being in that um, energy of connecting with others and just enjoying the vibrancy that's available to us, enjoying these, this time we, you know, we still have um, we still have a couple weeks till solstice and then we've got the, the peak is still three weeks after that. So we still have like, you know, more than a month at this moment of just the kind of pure like connection time. Um, so just embrace that, like, oh, I have energy to, um, connect with other people and circulate in my heart and, um, enjoy, kind of the fruits of some of the labor that I've been right. working on in this time. And I'm sure this summer is an exceptional summer to be meeting and connecting with folks who we might not have seen for a while. Yeah. I hope, you know, I hope, I just want to add to this idea of connecting for the people who are nervous or feeling worried, even just connecting with one other friend and, or one friend or one relative at a time or two and keeping it small. I still feel like there's so much power in that and so much joy more than anything. Yeah. Um, warm your heart a little bit after such a long year and maybe a little more than that of stress and anxiety and worry. And I think we all could really, really benefit from more connection this summer. But it yeah. doesn't be a big wedding is what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I really love bringing in that word joy. It feels like a really good time of year to be creating space for the joy and connection. Absolutely. Right. And being outside, it's a good time to be outside that's mm-hmm. a little less worrisome for folks who are apprehensive of connecting mm-hmm. yeah. nature and getting outside because also for the folks who live in places where it's rainy and snowy and cold um, another great reason to be outside is to just enjoy the warmth I know for me I'm a little bit of a lizard so this is the perfect season I like to go and sit on the warm rocks and just I feel like I'm always cold and I'm sure there's something else I could do <laughs> right? To bring the warmth all the way through my body, but I live in my head. And so I'm constantly thinking, and I'm, this is such a nice season to go out and just warm your whole body by sitting in the sun and on these rocks or in the sand. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Really just soaking in the sun, 
soaking in the energy of the sun and receiving it and um, letting it seep in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know about everyone listening, but I'm very excited to make my summer altar and really loving this idea of recalibrating my calendar so that I can make better use of the energy a little earlier. I feel like I'm always trying to celebrate summer a little early. So this is going to give me good validation to continue to do that. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little early to everything. So uh-huh. <laughs> now I have a good- You're actually on time. <laughs> I've been on time this time. <laughs> right. Everyone else is late. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Uh, so thank you for bringing our attention and focus back into what's happening right now and some ways we can do this celebration for ourselves, but also bringing in our young children. And hopefully they get to calibrate. They don't have to recalibrate into a natural rhythm and what's going on around them. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's such a, such a pleasure. Always. And yeah. If anyone out there does make altars, I would love to see pictures of them. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Send, send them to us so that we can see the beautiful altars that you yes. make. It's always inspiring. Yeah, you can do so on Instagram and tag the Nest Family Resource. Or what is it? It's the Nest underscore NC. And I'm going to share yours. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, my handle is the Waters Daughter. So tag us both. Let us see your pictures. You're also welcome to share on Facebook, the Nest, the Nest Family Resources on Facebook, or send us an email through the website. And I would be happy to share with Ashley because we'd love to see your creations. And Ashley, we'll welcome you back. When's the next time we'll see you? When's the next celebration? Shall we shoot for fall? Yeah, definitely shoot for, we can shoot for the equinox. How about that? Okay, so we'll be back yeah. in the equinox for some thoughts on winding down and preparing more for resting and hibernation. And then we can talk about pomegranates. Yes, and pomegranates, yes. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us at the Nest on Tap. Uh, we will see you soon. Take care. You've been listening to The Nest on Tap. For more talks about pregnancy and parenting, visit us online at thenestfamilyresource.com, on Facebook at The Nest Childbirth Postpartum and Parenting, and on Instagram at thenest.nc.